Danny is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Welcome back to 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. Back at it here in the studio. Got a good show for you. The first of the years just came up. And actually, we're into, I would say, this is about January 15th, 16th. Martin Luther King Day weekend, sort of. As you know, it's coming coming up right around the corner in the the middle of January. And I know it's cold outside, but this guy always has the greatest and hottest content there is, especially in the side of Northwest Ohio for basketball. It's Darren Cohn, the coach. Welcome, Darren. What's up, Derek? How are you, my friend? Happy uh, not, New Year. Uh, yeah, yeah, Happy New Year. I, I haven't heard that in a couple of weeks, but uh, how things been going with you? Uh, things are always great, man. I'm blessed. Okay, nice. nice. So, your thoughts. We're, we'll talk a little bit about high school uh, basketball, actually. Um, okay. The boys basketball. You're, now, last season... It was kind of hard because of the COVID. And then, obviously, at this time last season, we were just getting started back doing basketball boys and girls because Lucas County has shut us down. But this year, you've been pretty busy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, it's great to be back to the normal regiment where not only did the games start on time, but teams were able to get their full allotment of practice as opposed to kind of throwing it together at the last second. And, and for the most part, the schedules have been consistent. You know, the schedule that was planned and anticipated in the preseason for each team is how it carried out. And if you recall, that wasn't really the case last year because there was constant cancellations and people um, with different different uh, laws in different counties trying to find gymnasiums and facilities and scheduling games on the whim. So, you know, and played, you know, 36 hours later. And there was a lot of moving parts and probably a lot of uh, – pressure and stress on athletic directors and scheduling folks and, and the head coaches and, and of course the, the student athletes as well. But it's been for the most part um, business as usual on the high school level in Northwest Ohio. And, um, you know, we've gotten to see a lot of uh, really good games and, and some great individual players and, and some teams that are really coming together, looking forward to making runs in the state tournament. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. There's some competitive uh, races at the top of some of the better conferences and you know and obviously the biggest aspect is the fans and everybody back in the arena so you know the student sections have been rocking and and parents have been able to you know bring their families out to see see their kids play and um you know the media has been able to cover the games and, and cover the games live uh, so you know the the different the networks and that 
local games, you've been able to be live courtside doing the game. So you can truly get the feel of the atmosphere and, and, and accurately portray what's going on as opposed to, um, you know, watching it on a monitor or listening through a headset from, from a, um, remote studio. A, yeah. Remote location. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun to been fun to be back. It's crazy that you brought that up because, you know, almost forgot about how it was last year and how different it was. And I remember the first game of the year this year, we were like, wow, it's kind of just crazy to, you know, get back in the, in the season and, and do your, your normal pregame ritual, you know, get some concession stand popcorn, all that good stuff. Yeah. I actually, I've been trying a lot of the, the, this year, you know, I coach as well. Um, at St. Ursula varsity assistant. And I, and it has been pretty cool to see fans back since of normalcy. And I like to go around and try the popcorn, see who has the best popcorn, in town and we've been all over the place actually so uh, most of the venues have a pretty good popcorn um not too you know I, I like my popcorn a little more on the salty side so if it's a little stale i don't like it but i don't like it too salty where you need uh, a drink of water or something like that <laughs> completely water. agree man it's got to be made fresh the day of and, yep, yep and uh has some salt but not too much that makes you have to choke down a water afterwards my favorite so far this year emmanuel christian their oh. concession stand there is amazing they got like some next level stuff <laughs> wow nice nice well speaking of we're gonna get into this uh, actually into boys basketball here is get get to the boys now we'll, we'll go to the big conference right now we'll go to the three rivers athletic conference unfortunately possibly in a couple years um it'll be gone um but still a great conference especially in football but also in basketball it has some good competition and the top of that is Lima Senior at 7-0 and 8-1 and but followed by Central Catholic who I believe is in the top five in the state in Division 2 they're 5-2 and 10-2 uh, and two, just uh, defeated uh, the Whitmer Panthers your thoughts on them have you seen them play yeah I have uh, I, you know, I want to mention before going to that you know I was so disappointed and against um, the original Toledo City League breaking up when it was the public schools and the parochial schools together. Um, I thought that was one of the, the greatest leagues in the history of Ohio um, because there's very few nationally where the private and public would play together. And then, you know, when the Three Rivers Athletic Conference kind of uh, emerged out of the dust, um, I was like, okay, you know, give it a chance. And I've really loved the track the last several years. And now that that's going to split up, I don't know what the heck is going to happen going forward. I really feel bad for the private schools because it's going to ruin um, a lot of the rivalries and traditions and that kind of thing, I think. But I also thought that when the City League ended and, uh, and you know, it, it, it survived with, with um, the track. But, yeah, I mean, Lima Senior, you know, Quincy Simpson, I mean, he just he just continues to shuffle in new guys and, and remain at the top of the league. Um, Central Catholic is so talented. Um you know, they've had a couple of missteps here of late and, and, and they are still an extremely young team, an underclass lated team. Uh, but Mike Floyd's doing a terrific job on on Cherry Street and Whitmer continues to get better and better. They have a great mix of some veterans that have been in the program um, for four years, as well as as kind of a youth insurgent with some you know freshmen uh, and sophomores that are that are heavily in the rotation. So, uh, you know, my guy, Anthony Stacy is. Um, you know, turned around what was a dismal season for the Panthers last year, um, and now they're competing for a championship. And, and you know, can, like I said, they've gotten better already throughout this season, noticeably from the first couple games to now. And, uh, you know, I believe they're 6-3 and three overall, so doing a nice job. Yes, they are 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the conference. They were out for a while uh, with COVID complications. So that's the only thing that's been really killing some teams is that, 
most teams have been able to get 12 to 13 games in some maybe 9 to 10 because of covid outbreak that that kind of happened either at toward the end of uh, of 2021 or the beginning of this year but like i said it hasn't been really much of a hiccup maybe because last season they knew how to get around things uh, mr west is in the building uh their freshman outstanding freshman is fourth in, in the track averaging 18 points a game yeah, and, you know, we had heard about um, how talented he was prior to, you know, hitting the high school scene. And, well, there was some, you know, uncertainty of which high school he was going to play at. And there was, you know, everybody was sort of hoping that he joined, uh, you know, their regime. But, uh, you know, he's done a, a great job over there um, at Whitmer and, you know, really burst on, you know, so many talented freshmen in uh, in Northwest Ohio this year. And he's right there at the top of the list. Um you know, maybe didn't have as much hype um, as some of the others, but certainly is performing, um, you know, statistically wise. And the impact that he's made on his team, the results um, are speaking loudly. So, you know, kudos to him. And I'm looking forward to continuing to follow him throughout the season. And the followed by Finley at four and three, eight and three overall. St. John's is four and three and six and four. And they've got C.J. Hornby, who's right behind Wes, averaging 17.6 per game. Uh, St. John's played against Central Catholic at St. John's. It was actually a pretty good game. Uh, Central Catholic prevailed. Uh, your thoughts on the Titans? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, obviously they've had some changes. They've lost some guys, and, and they're a much smaller team this year. But Hornby can really play. Um, the Vaughn kids had a nice year so far. Um, you know, the, the, they, they maybe haven't had as consistent of uh, production from their bench. Um, and they had some guys out early in the season. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a really tough league. And, and, and you know, Mike's uh, battling through the trials and tribulations of, of adversity that, that hits you on a weekly basis as a high school basketball coach. But, you know, the track is still, I think, the elite um, league in Northwest Ohio. I mean, I think those top uh, five teams are still capable of winning the league and all capable of, of having nice tournament runs when it gets to the state tournament. Um, so, you know, you got five really good teams atop the track and, uh, it's a battle night in and night out as we already saw, you know, Finley got key win there to start the season central's dropped a couple. And so it's just, it's, it's a battle every night in the track. It's like, it's like the high school version of, of the big 10 here in Northwest Ohio. Yeah. And then Fremont Ross is at two and five. They got Aiden Carter. He's their leading scorer of the league at 20 points per game. Then Clay and St. Francis, uh, Jamie Kazmarek took over. For, uh, Travis Lewis, who's now, I believe, at Cleveland State, uh, but they're struggling over there on Bancroft. They're 0 and 5 and 0 and 11, but you know, a lot of hit hard by graduation. But they have a bright spot in uh, Jamison Heck, uh, the point guard they have over there. Yeah, you know, another another fantastic freshman in Northwest Ohio. I mean, tough, uh, heady, maybe maybe the brightest um, basketball on court IQ of of any of the guys that you know that we'll see. Uh, certainly as a ninth grader, um, but maybe just overall in general. Um, his dad was a longtime Division One coach and one of my peers. We worked together for quite a while and um, and, and just uh, a guy that's been around the gym his entire life, you know, probably from diapers. And, and you can see there's zero there's zero um, hesitation or uh, uncertainty of, of, of what he needs to get done when the lights come on and, the, and he gets on the floor. I mean, he, you know, physically, he certainly looks like a freshman. I heck, he might look like a sixth grader physically, but his <laughs> game, game, his game, you know, speaks like a senior. I mean, he's a, he's tremendous to watch. I've had a chance to cover him uh, many times, and you know, it's extremely frustrating right now that they're that they're not winning. Um, 
but he's got a bright future ahead of him, and that's a, a fantastic um, floor general to build around. Yeah, that is true. Sometimes you just got to take your lumps. Sometimes that happens some years. Um, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Can't okay. can't always be roses, man. You got to go through some stuff to to really uh, to earn that that uh, championship uh, belt. Yeah, you get a lot more respect too as a coach when you take over a program that you know you have to build up. You know, some you know some coaches nowadays they just want to go where all the talents at and win, and then say I'm a great coach. But when you hit that adversity, well, you know I'm out of here. Such is life, Derek. We live in an era that nobody wants to pay the cost to be the boss. They just want to. They just want to slide in and take over when everything's great. Nobody wants to do the work. That's true. They just want to take the credit. <laughs> then go over to the NLL, the Northern Lakes League. They will be expanding in a couple of years. They'll be taking some of the absorbing some of the track teams. But you got a big matchup uh, coming up on Friday night: Perrysburg Northview. Both teams are four and zero in the league. Both only have one loss. Perrysburg is ten and one. Northview's nine and one. They went and got slapped up by Lima in a in a in a Christmas tournament, basically, well, not a little holiday tournament, so to speak, or right actually playing right before the holiday. Your thoughts on on the, on that league and those two teams? Man, I love the league. Uh, I mean, it's not as strong overall, but when you look at the top of it with Perrysburg and Northview, I mean, those are two fantastically coached teams that both have great depth, um, have have inside players and perimeter players and prepare, uh, have great student sections and energy and support around them. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a heck of a game. Um, it's become a really strong rivalry over the last few years, and uh, the the energy will be electric. It's, it's I know it's the BCSN game of the week. Mm-hmm. So you talk about Sean Craig and Casey Hunt, you know, over at uh, – at Northview with Jeremy McDonald. Jeremy McDonald's going to be sweating through his shirt by the second timeout. His suit's going to be laying on the ground, and he's going to be running around yelling and screaming. And, you know, Dave Boyce is going to be poised and stoic, dressed in all black, his standard routine. You know, the sweater and, and, vest, uh, the little and sweater. Cannon Kluzmeyer, and, I mean, you know, Matt getting Watkins. after it inside. Watkins shooting it from three. I mean, it, and then there's the underlying story of the Hunt family. You know, you got cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, the twins are two juniors, Avery and Andrew, over at Perrysburg, and then Casey uh, over at Northview. So you got a little bit of a family affair. So, yeah, it's just a neat thing. There's a lot of storylines. There's two really good teams battling for a championship, battling for a state run. And uh, yeah, th- that one's going to be uh, that one's going to be exciting. Right. Both their dads are really good ba- uh, basketball play- players. And then the, the twins, I believe, father end up playing baseball at uh, BGSU. And I, I mean, that, that whole family, that whole family. I mean, really, it, I mean, it should be called Central Catholic Hunt School, not CCHS, because there's been so many hunts that went through Central Catholic. It's surprising that these younger guys aren't. But well, their yeah, mom TJ, worked there. <laughs> TJ, who coached at Central for a long time, was a, was a great player and played baseball at UT. And then you had Chad, who was a D1 football recruit. Kyle, I mean, Kyle, all of them are multi-sporters. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle went Kyle's to in the Finley Hall of Fame. And then. Uh, Kelly, the youngest of the of the of the adult hunts, um, played both basketball for a while and baseball mm-hmm. at BGSU. So, I mean, even their aunts and uncles are great. I mean, Casey uh, Casey's mom, uh, Katie Stedkey, was terrific over at Southview, and then in the Hall of Fame at Finley. And her brother Josh, wow. 
was a walk-on uh, for Stan Joplin at UT. So wow. the whole family, the whole family, just just athletes, athletes, athletes. So that'll be fun I for them. I didn't, I didn't, I did not know that. I mean, that's a good gym that you drive. You always have the gyms in. in, in oh, I can, I can take it even deeper because TJ and Kelly's wife were both college athletes as well. So I mean, all the aunts, uncles, moms, dad, tremendous. And then if you want to get even further into it. The reason why one of the reasons all them guys went to Central Catholic is because their, their mom, mom was there. a longtime secretary. athletic department secretary at mm-hmm. CCHS. So, so yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty cool uh, athletic history of their family tree. DK always in the gym dropping gems. I swear, you always have that nugget of information. But yes, I did. Their their mom did work in the um, actual office, and then you also have. Tegan Hunt, that graduated now, is playing Defi- playing basketball for Defiance College on the women's side, and then there's also Bren Hunt right now, who's playing for Central Catholic, who's basically their cousin, um, the undefeated Central Catholic girls team. So yeah, the whole family, you know, it's just it's just they're just great athletes, I guess. Hmm. Unlike you and I, <laughs> well, you, you got to speak for yourself here now. I got. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> nah, not, I maybe not. I'm not on the level of the hunts, but I'm still a pretty decent athlete, though. And you could jump out the gym when you were younger, and you actually had some. I, I, I guess I'll allow you to uh, respect your opinion of yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can hold my own a little bit. Um, but then also, you got a surprise here. Napoleon's three and one, right behind them. Uh, in basically in third, eight and two, and Southview's three and one. Now they did take a defeat last weekend, I believe, in the Battle of Sylvania, and they're six and three. And then after that, it kind of does fall off a little bit. Anthony Wayne Bowling Green, Springfield, and then Maumee bringing up the rear. Yeah, I mean Napoleon's always a tough place to play in their gymnasium, so they they have a, a great home court advantage. And Southview, uh, I mean, he does a great job, uh, Mike, of coaching them up. He's got some guys that have been on varsity for a long time. Uh, I, they're, they're, they're a tough little dark-haired guard. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but, I mean, he's been on varsity, I believe, since a freshman. He's always fun to watch, just makes tough, heady plays. For Nor- I mean, Napoleon? So they're, they're certainly a team that can, uh, you know, knock anyone off in that league. And that's what, you know, that's what makes those leagues um, good and fun to watch when the third, fourth, fifth-place team can come out and win on any given night. Yeah, um, Joshua Mack from Napoleon is their second-leading scorer in the league. Uh, He played JV as a freshman when I coached at Maumee. So I coached against him, and I was like, yeah, this kid right here is going to be pretty special. And he's actually had a really good career at uh, Napoleon since he's been on varsity, since he's been a sophomore. Um, There's also Blake Wolf as well. Um, I don't think I remember ever coaching him. So, you know, it's been a while. Uh, go over to the Toledo City. Milligan. Milligan. That's the kid. Oh, Southview. oh, Southview yeah. Milligan. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. He's he's a he's a tough competitor. Yeah. He. I actually coached against him as well. He was at uh, as a freshman. He was on JV as well. Um, and then nice. then I've coached Kellen Leak. Uh, he he's come on. He last year didn't get any varsity minutes at all, but now Kellen Leak is about sixth in the league, averaging thirteen point two points per game. He played on my uh, summer league team, Athlete HQ. Uh, going over to the city league. When you speaking of which, we kind of opened up with that. You got start three and one, five and five overall. It's good to see the city league getting some get run then because I, the the league that got affected the most last season by this whole COVID thing was the city league. There were some teams that probably only got eight to ten games in. Well, at one point, start had to squeeze in fourteen games in what eighteen days or twenty days, something out crazy. Uh, but this year, the teams are actually on pace to get in their 22 games. Uh, but right now, the top four are Start, Scott, and Rogers, 
starting Scott are three and one, and Rodgers is two and one, followed by Woodward at two and two, Bowser's one and two, and Waits Waits's been struggling this year. They're zero and four and zero and eleven overall. Yeah, I think the entire city league. I mean, you made a great point about how the abridged season last year, but even this year, you know, they lost a lot of guys to graduation. Mm-hmm. A lot of key players and transfers. There were so many guys that transferred either out of state or out of league from the city league. So I think that's depleted a lot of rosters. Mm -hmm. But, you know, no surprise to me that, uh, you know, Matt Wortham finds his guys on Tremainsville right at the uh, right at the top of the league. And none of the city league overall records are, are, you know, are glaringly impressive. But, you know, Matt Wortham has his guys right up there on top uh, so far this season. And then, um, you know, I was really impressed by the start of the Scott Bulldogs and uh, Rashawn Craig's been doing a, a nice job uh, over there. And, you know, he's got a nice inside out presence and, um, you know, trying to do some things and get those guys to defend and do some tough things and, and, and try to compete for that crown. Who do you think will come out through that? I mean, the City League is really actually Dante Mays is leading the league 21.5 points per game. He set out last season actually because of COVID. So he took sure. a year off and came back. You know he's the, the son of Dante Mays that played at Libby. Um, yep, yep. Graduated in 1998, yep. followed by Good Stone. Player. Yeah, real. Good player. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I, I feel like Scott on paper has the most overall talent. Um, but that's and paper. I think, you know, they probably have the most depth. But I'm always a believer of you don't, you don't lose your spot on the mountain until someone takes it from you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was, that being said, you know, I, I kind of give the, the, the head nod to the start Spartans. Um, here right now because they've had the most success over the last five years in that league. Yeah, that is true. Like I said, to, to be the champ, you know, sometimes you got to beat the champ. And, 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 and you know, talk, talk about uh, Craig over there. He really turned it around for Scott because Scott has some really lean years the last few years. I mean, you know, and he's a guy that, that worked hard and paid his dues and, um, you know, spent a lot of years as an assistant uh, most recently at, uh, St. Francis and helping the, you know, the, the rebuild of that program with Travis. Um, but the thing, the thing I like about, uh, Craig is, um, you know, he's a student of the game. He's not just a guy that coaches during the season. I mean, he goes to the final four almost every year to, uh, to, to the coaches clinics and the, and the professional development things. He hits a lot of different clinics around Northwest Ohio. Um, he's, he asks good questions, um, you know, he seeks mentorship. He's not a young guy that thinks he knows everything. And, you know, it, it kind of is standoffish. So I, I've always kind of noticed from afar of how, you know, he goes out of his way to um, try to develop and perfect his craft. And I think that that's so, so important. There's, I think is I think we have a, a mentality as coaches, you know, nowadays that once you get an opportunity, it's kind of like you block everyone else out and you just want to do your thing. And he's a that paid his dues and worked and learned and held different roles on different staffs, um, but continued in the off season to stay active and involved um, in, 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 in learning himself uh, throughout the way. So, you know, now he's able to try and, you know, trial and error and learn the things and try the things that he likes and the things he don't like and, uh, and go from there. And, and, and he's had some results here so far over at Scott. No, you always have to have a growth mindset if you're a coach. If you don't have a growth mindset, set, you stop growing, and a lot of times the game passes you by, and you'll be in that you'd opportunity. You'd be surprised how many people don't go, young fella. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've been, you know, this is actually my sixth season coaching high school basketball, and before that, you know, I was coaching some junior high. So, but I've met, you know, I'm, I'm on the trail too during the summer. I at least try to get in five coaches clinics every summer. Nice. 
Um, obviously, last season couldn't do it because of COVID. But this year, you know, I go to PGC camps, go to the Ohio uh, High School Basketball State uh, Coaches Clinic. So I, you know, I I, I try to I get on the grind as well, uh, 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 Darren. You know, believe it or not, and uh, you're, you're right. You do meet some people that you know they think they know everything and they are standoffish. Um, but usually, you know, I try to surround myself with the coaches that like to share the game and have a passion for the game. You know, unfortunately, just like everything. They're just some guys that get into it because they want to do it for clout. But that's the same way with players as well. There's some players that play basketball because of what they want, you know, as far as clout goes. They don't really have the love and passion for the game. And um, that was brought up by Kurt Herbstreet, by the way, um, delivered a good message about that. But I think people didn't like the delivery and they kind of got on him about it on, on social media. But it's true. There's just some people that do it for the love of the game, like you mentioned with Mr. Craig. And then there's some coaches that, just say you know what I know everything and leave me alone. <laughs> kind of sure. Crazy. And, and 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 to your point, Herb Street's message probably wasn't uh, received in the intent in the with the intent that it was trying to deliver mm-hmm. and 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 give you back about. Um, you just talked about some players kind of had that mindset as well, but especially at the high school level, they're the kids. You know that's why that's why the coach, the adults, the leaders, the mentors. Um, that's why they can't have that attitude, that mindset, because they're supposed to be developing. I mean, kids don't know no better, True. you know, and they, they only follow what they see and they only do what they're allowed to get away with. So if there's no accountability, uh, or, you know, actions are accepted as okay and normal, I mean, young people, they're young people. We all, we've all tried to cut a corner or, 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 or think about me first, or, you know, uh, you know, do things maybe in the, the path of least resistance, when you're young, if you don't know any better and nobody guides you or corrects that path, which is why coaches are hired and paid and put in position to, you know, provide that mentorship. We all know that doesn't always happen. Now, last thing we'll talk about, and uh, I know you're running out of time here, the, the TAC, the Toledo Area Athletic Conference, probably got the, the best freshman in the country, obviously. Jerry Easter averaging 25.7 points per game. But it's a very well-coached league. Mayo Christian's three and one, nine and two overall. Toledo Christian just knocked them off last weekend. They're three and one as well. Mr. McWinney's not there anymore, but they got a Mr. Boris over there, I believe. I coached against him actually when he was the JV coach at Toledo Christian. I was at Maumee, and I actually got the the victory over him. But you know that was a couple of years ago. But also Mr. Lindsay over at Ottawa Hills is three and one, and said. Um, you know, Cedric over there said Harris. I've known him. He was the freshman coach with me at Maumee at the same time. He took over from Mr. Kazmarek. He's got Cardinal Stritch at nine and three, and they're two and two. So really, a tie for first. The first three teams and Cardinal Stritch right right behind. Your thoughts? Sure. So this is going to sound like a crazy statement, okay. but I feel like that might be the most balanced league in the area because I feel like those top That's four teams that you mentioned. That's not crazy. If they match up. Any of those four teams can win. Now, Emmanuel Christian's gotten all the hype and pomp and circumstance, mm-hmm. and, and on paper they have the most talent. I mean, they have, uh, you know, multiple talented freshmen, and then they have multiple talented seniors. I mean, they're a deep team that can really score. But um, uh, Toledo Christian, Ottawa Hills, and Cardinal Stritch are so detailed and disciplined mm-hmm. uh, on both ends of the floor. They both execute their offense or excuse me, all three of them execute their offense because I've been really impressed by Coach Harris at Cardinal Stritch in his first year. I mean, they do a great job of defending and controlling tempo and executing on offense as Toledo Christian and Ottawa Hills always have. 
So those three teams can control the game and make it a one or two possession game and, and have a chance to win. And you've seen the, those matchups with Emmanuel Christian. I mean, uh, Toledo Christian beat them. Ottawa Hills, both games came down to the balance in the final minute. And and uh, Cardinal Stritch, you know, I think it was a six or seven point game, but it was still a game in the balance in the final two and a half to three minutes. So those are a really balanced matchups for different reasons. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to watch how that all shakes out. But, you know, I've covered Emmanuel Christian multiple times. They're so talented and fun to watch. And Jerry Easter's a nice young man. And really, I mean, he's uh, Lionel's got a, a whole group of nice kids over there. Um, but they got a lot of, you know, they got some transfers. They got freshmen. So, they, you know, they've been working to to learn to play together. And, and um, you know, there's a lot more attention this year, which can create uh, different uh, distractions and things that Lionel has to navigate as a coach. So, uh, but that is a fun and balanced league. And I'll tell you one kind of from the outlier, you know, because, you know, I think three of those four teams are, are Division Four. Mm-hmm. Um, whichever team makes it out in the state tournament is going to have their hands full with another 419 area team called Antwerp. Mm-hmm. Antwerp can flat out play. I mean, they got a deep team. They got a Finley signee, uh, last name Landers, mm-hmm. um, and they, they're well coached as well. Um, you know, I know they've knocked out the area team here the last few years. That's that's come out of of that division. And so that's, you know, whoever makes it, you know, uh, um, Ottawa Hills, Toledo Christian or Emmanuel Christian out because Cardinal Stritch, I believe, is still division three. So they're in yes. a different bracket, mm-hmm. but they're going to have their hands full with Antwerp. Yeah, that, that is pretty crazy. Northwoods one and three, two and nine. Uh, they've been abysmal. So I think they doubled their win total last from last year. Maumee Valley is 0 and four, four and six. Um, they have the Devonte, I believe, Fleming over there. He's trying to do a good job. He went from the girl side to the boy side. Have you done any girls games, Darren, or anything? Or because you do, you got, you got the double header tonight, don't you? Or on Friday night? Yeah, I'll be doing. Uh, I'll be doing uh, the the uh, Perrysburg Northview girls. Uh, but I, I haven't done any. I did a, a, some in Michigan, and uh, I had a hilltop, and um, I believe Ottawa Hills way back early in the season. Um, but yeah, not 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 many. Uh, schedule's been too full. I've done a lot of uh, college games and NBA, uh, a few NBA, a lot of college, and a lot of high school. So um, haven't had much uh, opportunity, at least at this point in the season, to venture over to the women's side. I need to get out and go see my my friend Trisha Cullip. She got number four hundred. I need to go over there and give her a big hug. But I haven't been able to see the Lady Rockets yet this year either. Um, and I know they're doing a nice job. When are you gonna see me, dude? <laughs> you, you know you, you you got vip personal access so all, all you got to do all you got to do is message me <laughs> yeah yeah you know your network has been out to a few of our games by the way um mason uh rick poland uh brandon bosch used to coach at whitmer the girl side he actually played at Maumee. i found that out and uh wasniki who i've you know i played with a lot at the y and a few men's leagues um what's coming up next for you man i know we're running out of time so what's coming up next for you you know, just 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 hoops, man. Just living the dream. Just basketball, like like I said, just just a, a elated uh, to be able to play a small part of being back in the environment, being back courtside, being at the games, and um, and just trying to help kids develop and and find their home at the next level. Whether that's high school guys that are moving to college or college guys trying to trying to find the right agent to to play professionally, and um, you know, just join the, the opportunities that the. Uh, that the little round pumpkin uh, provides. You still with doing a little NBA stuff or no? Always, my man. I, 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 uh, you know, 
I, I have such a passion for the game. I go who, wherever whoever pays me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that seems a little contradictory. I mean, I'm joking, of course, but you know, partially. <laughs> yeah. And, and last thing, your thoughts on the the Bulls and the NBA first place in the East so far. You know, amazing start. Amazing start. Their offense has been terrific. Um, Levine's having a uh, you know all star plus caliber year, and I think the they're DeRozan. And DeRozan as well. I mean, game winner after game winner. But, you know, he's had that in the past. I mean, you expect that from him, I suppose, maybe a little more. But I think their chemistry has been great. Um, but I'll tell you what, they looked awful against Brooklyn. Um, yeah. what, what was that last night or the night before? Wednesday I mean, they night. fell apart the last 10 minutes of the game. And, it, I mean, and just got kind of embarrassed. So, you know, obviously, everyone has their off night. But, I mean, fantastic start for them. They've made, they've made a lot of trades and moves in the last two years. And I think – they have something that works right now. Um, I don't know that it's a championship caliber team, but they certainly look like a, a, a team that could, you know, be, be right there fighting for the Eastern Conference Finals or in the Eastern Conference Finals. But the West, the top, you know, three, four teams and certainly the top two teams in the West right now have just been fantastic. Yeah, even even Golden State has a few, you know, a bad week, you know, they they, they got blown out by Milwaukee. This is how it, you know. Hey, you know, I'm I'm not hating. I'm not hating on it. But when you have a chance to play against, you know, Brooklyn, who's perceived to be, you know, the paper champion and they get, you know, they're <laughs> starting to get their guys back. And, you know, there's been all these excuses about injuries and COVID and they don't have this person. They don't have that person. And you get a chance to make a statement win, and you kind of crumble when the game's on the line. You know that was a little bit alarming to me. But and you know everyone has an off night, especially in the NBA because there's so many games. Uh, the thing I like about Golden State and Phoenix, for that matter, is you know the perception is what high-powered offenses they are and how well they shoot the ball and score in fast clips. But when you look at the statistics. Like they're the two top defensive teams in the league right now, or two of the top three. It kind of it kind of bounces around week to week. With Memphis is usually in there as well, but Golden State's been guarding, um, and now that Clay's coming back, who you know in theory um, has been their best defender over the last you know several years when he's healthy, and they they're at the top of the league defensively without him, and now that he's coming back, I mean that's that's kind of intriguing, yeah. because. You know, I might have been starting to think like a lot of people that Golden State's era was over when, when uh, you know, they had that lean year. But, you know, they've, they've kind of reinvented themselves with some of the same folks. Well, come on. I had injuries, too, Darren. You know, it, it, the era is over when you, you probably still have everything and then you just get knocked out. Just like all the teams from the past, the Pistons, the Bulls, the Celtics, you age and you, the young team knocks you out. So um, we'll see. But thank you so much, Darren, for calling in, man. Always Dropping your gems, DK's gems. <laughs> All right, my friend. Have a great day, and we'll be uh, we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, that See is you. true. Once again, thanks, man. That was Darren Cone, the coach, right there, <laughs> calling in. And you got to give him his his flowers as due as well, and give him a round of applause there. Once again, Darren Cone calling in on eighty-eight point three WGTs. After further review, we're going to take a commercial break. But like I said, he always like it's going to be Darren Cone's gems, I would call it. That's it. Darren Cone in the gym with his gems. Once again, you can always listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Make sure you uh, you, you pay attention to that and listen to us on there. Um, subscribe and then if you give us a few likes. If you don't like the show, you know, you don't have to like it. Just go on and go on and listen to another show. But once again, it's on iTunes or on um, SoundCloud, and uh, it's got the picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head. That's WHT's 
after further review for any time you miss a segment or you miss the show. And we're always on usually 1130 to 130 on 88.3 WXUT. Coming up next, more after further review. Thank you. 